Bienvenue au Tour de France Femmes, c'est la troisième étape, Collonge-la-Rouge, Montignac-Lascaux. C'est à toi, Abby. Welcome back to the Wheel Talk podcast on the Escape Collective. My name is Abby Mickey, and I'm talking to Matt Deneef. Hello. Do you want to set the scene? <laughs> I'd love to set the scene. We're again in a nice little outdoor square. Um, people eating dinner. It's probably, was it 8.30 at night? It's been a big day. Um, getting a chance now to just have some food, which will be much appreciated. But uh, yeah, we've still got plenty of work to do. But yeah, just enjoying the surrounds here. It's quite a nice little square in the uh, town of Suilak. Suyak? I'm definitely butchering that. Apologies. <laughs> We, um, yeah, we had a hectic day today, so we're a little bit wrecked. We also have Kate Wagner here with us. Hi, this is Kate. I'm here to, to talk about the buildings that are in our immediate vicinity. When we pulled in, we had a beautiful Romanesque church, which is very interesting because it's not any other kind of church like in France, but which means it's weird just dealing with something that's very old. All the buildings are made out of sandstone, and then at the start... They were made out of red sandstones. Before we drop into the episode, you can join the Escape Collective as a monthly subscriber and get access to all of our content. A monthly subscription will usually only set you back $6.99 US dollars. But as a special until this Thursday, you can get a fir the first month for just $1. Holy crap. Look at that. It's a bargain. It's a steal. Head on over to escapecollective.com slash join and select a monthly subscription. Use the code TDF. That's TDF, like Tour de France, to get your first month for only a dollar. I'm impressed you remembered that whole script off by heart. Well yeah, done. Yeah, very smart. Matt and I only have a little bit to talk about today, and there's it's quite windy, so in case you're wondering why that is that way, it is because of that. But I also chatted a ton with Iris Slappendel on the finish line, and uh, she she had some thoughts on the day, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute. I think one of the biggest storylines of the day was Lorena Weebus won a stage of the Tour de France Femme of Egg Swift today. Yep, I said she would last night. <laughs> we're not going to talk we'll about the fantasy. We'll get comp to the today. fantasy competition. No, no. We're, we're going to spend it. 15 minutes talking about Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, she won the stage, but very nearly didn't. Uh, there was a late breakaway. Um, Julie Vandervelde, who rode an amazing, amazing race after going for the QOM points, and then found herself all alone and ended up just carrying on, and was only caught inside the last what few hundred meters of the stage. Um, after DSM did most of the chasing without any help from SD Works until it was very clear that uh, they weren't going to make the catch and then SD Works actually tried. Um, yeah, a very, very interesting final, very close. Um, standing there past the finish line with all the other journos and the team staff, there was a lot of people saying how their, their heart rates were at 180 and they you know, <laughs> weren't sure what was going to happen. And uh, Yeah, very interesting finish for sure. Yeah, it was cool standing at the finish with all of the journalists were so invested in Julie Vandeveld. And when you hear from Iris in just a second, she she was heartbroken that Vandeveld couldn't get to the line because that would have been such a fairy tale ending. But it was such a weird back and forth between SC Works and DSM and, and the rest of the Peloton, really. It was kind of like the entire Peloton was looking at SC Works. They have the best sprinter in the world right now, so rightly so. And SC Works just kind of twiddled their thumbs until everyone else had wasted their energy, and and then they won the stage. Um, poor Charlotte Cool had her entire team on the front, bringing back Julie, 
and then nobody to lead her out in the sprint. And she ended up, what, sixth or seventh on the day or something like that. Not good for people who picked her for their fantasy pick today. Yeah, let's talk more about that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, DSM really committed fully to the chase and we spoke to, we heard from um, Five for Georgie after the stage and also uh, Charlotte Cool herself and the vibe was very much that they did everything they can. They backed their sprinter, the, the team put trust in Cole to win the stage um, and there was kind of a nice backhanded um, element to that where they sort of intimated that SD Works didn't back in Weavers. Yeah, I think that a lot of what came out after the stage was super interesting because there was, you know, uh, I spoke with Megan Jastrab, who's one of the lead out girls for Cool, and she said that they, they really had to waste a lot of matches and and waited quite late. And yeah, Pfeiffer asked SC Works to help pull and SC Works said, nah, no. No, I don't feel like it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then SC Works said that actually Phoenix Takunik was getting up in the, in the chase, mm. making sure it was disrupted. And that it was, I think the universal take from everyone today that it was really hard to move up in the bunch. Uh, from SC Works, from Anna Henderson said it to me as well, who led out Mariana Voss, who finished second, but we'll get to that in a second. And yeah, just a lot of, a lot of um, hargy-bargy in the bunch, very hectic, a lot of elbows being thrown around. And actually, Nor uh, Emma Norsgaard said that she hated today. It was her least favorite day. She much prefers yesterday was really hard, but at least it's it's strung out. That it's easier to move around because there's less people all in one place. But today was not that hard, not that fast, and so it meant that a lot of people there was a lot of people in one place at one time, and so it was just really hard to move around. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking to um, Marlon Russo at the end, she. She called out Phoenix to Koenig for their their work in the bunch. She said they, they actually did a really good job of disrupting the chase and made it very hard. And uh, Rooster herself seemed very frustrated when she crossed the line. She really wanted to have done more to help with the chase. And I asked her about that and she said it was just, yeah, it was hard with Phoenix to Koenig getting in the way. And yeah, there's a real washing machine effect where once you drop back, it was very hard to get back to the front. So uh, yeah, really a, a strange an exciting finish but a strange one it definitely wasn't a, a straightforward sprint stage that we thought it might have been the finish was a little bit uphill that it you couldn't quite see it on the you couldn't quite see it on the profile but it was a little bit of like a an uphill drag to the line so it wasn't wasn't a flat finish to be sure I just think it's interesting that not one breakaway like that has actually gone all the way to the end for a win in any of the three women's grand tours uh, this year and I also think that those kinds of days, I think people like them because they're not straightforward sprint stages. I mean, the writers probably, as you said, hate them, but the viewers like really love a David and Goliath situation. And so I think it's really good for engagement with the Tour de France. I mean, there were tons of people out today, just like the streets were packed. It, you really like, it was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. And Kind of a bummer that Vandeville didn't win for just atmospheric purposes, but that's bike racing, that's sport. Uh, but I think it's good; it's great to keep people watching to the end. It's interesting talking to uh, Julie Vandeville at the finish as well. She was obviously disappointed that she didn't get the win, as you would be when you're that close to winning a Tour de France stage. But she just kept saying over and over how proud she was of her ride, and you know she'd gone up the road in the hope of getting those QOM points, and 
had the opportunity presented to her to keep going and her team was yelling in her ear that they thought she could do it and she looked like she was going to at one point there with three k's to go and yeah just good on her and I, I really liked her attitude and her positivity at the finish just saying that even though it didn't work the way she wanted it to she was proud with how she rode and she ended up in the QOM jersey which was the goal at the start of the day so yeah chapeau to her. I want to drop into a couple audio diaries. First, we have an audio diary from Lucinda Brand. Trek had an interesting day. They they weren't really animating the race. They weren't really working very hard. They kind of just blended in. But Elisa Balsamo did get up there for fifth. So I think for her, that's an, a good result coming back from the horrific crash she had in Ride London. So let's hear from Lucinda. It's Lucinda here again. Um, well, third stage done. Um, it was a bit hilly again. A bit easier for me today. I think for the whole bunch it was a bit easier. Uh, still a lot of attacks, but not a real big group went. And um, yeah, then there was a very strong attack on one of the last QMs. It was, I think, first meant to be taking away the points, but she did an amazing job staying so long away. I think she was catched in last 200 meters. I couldn't see it. I was placed at 80 or something. It was an uh, incredible high speed and uh, the sprinters had a lot of work to do. And uh, yeah, our sprinter is back as well. And uh, it was her first try. We didn't know how far she would get, uh, but fifth was a, a very strong uh, a result already. So we are super happy with that. And we also came safe in. So we're ready for another one. We also have an audio diary from Veronica Ewers, one of the GC riders, climbers, who probably did not find the, the KG Peloton very fun to ride in today. Not her terrain. <laughs> hey. Stage three, done and dusted. Um, again, wasn't too difficult of a day. Um, my teammate Katrin went for a break and ended up being solo for quite some time. Um, she didn't necessarily plan to be off solo for so long. Um, but yeah, that made it easy for the rest of us in on my team in the bunch. Um, yeah, uh, there were a few sort of nervous moments, I think, in the group, um, but generally was all right all day. Um, super fast, last 20K, mostly downhill windy. Um, even with a bit of a headwind, it was still quite fast. Um, but yeah, tomorrow is going to be... I mean, I keep saying that the next day is going to be pretty hard and it's not been as hard as I anticipate, so who knows. But um, in the rider briefing for tomorrow's stage, they said it's flat and then it's a mini Liège. So um, <laughs> I'm anticipating the back half of tomorrow's race to be quite difficult. So we shall see and I will let you know after tomorrow. And speaking of not her terrain today, Ashley Woman Passio. Hey Abby, um, so today the goal was for me um, to get from A to B as smooth as possible, uh, to save as much energy as possible, to eat and drink as much as possible, and obviously to be ready for tomorrow's stage four. Um, once again, my team did an absolutely fantastic job, both riders and staff, in making sure um, that I did exactly that. Yeah, so it was pretty much 
quite an easy day. Um, we knew, um, well, we were quite confident that um, the sprint teams would want to control it for a sprint. So um, SD Works and, yeah, I mean, SD Works don't always control it, which was, again, quite um, obvious again uh, today. However, they did do more controlling today than what they've done in the past. Um, but, yeah, they definitely didn't really take up the responsibility of the chase. Um, so DSM, of course, did, and we we pretty much knew we could rely on DSM for this. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't really have to do much today, except um, my teammate Justine did try to be active to get in the breakaway. Um, however, um, it wasn't successful for her to get into that breakaway. And then, yeah, I think it was a really exciting stage for um, the viewers, you know, with Julie van der Velde doing an incredible job of staying away. And, yeah, it's always heartbreak to see a breakaway like that caught um, on the line almost. Um, but, yeah, smooth day for me um and looking forward to tomorrow feeling good and tomorrow's a, a really good day today i'm definitely targeting all right i think we should run through a little bit of the top 10 because there's a couple in there that are really interesting and then i'm gonna throw to me and iris on the line so we talked about webus we got to talk about second because this was almost a mariana Voss day. yeah it looked for a moment like she was going to do it um She'd been, I guess, hidden most of the day and then, then was there when she needed to be. And there was a, an interesting moment actually in the press conference with Weebus where she said Weebus was kind of way back in the bunch and f saw Voss coming up through the bunch. She's like, all right, it's time to go now. Now's the time. When when Voss is making her move, it's now. It's it's action station. So um, I found that interesting. I think Voss is such a talisman for so many people you know, to follow. Um, yeah, great result from her, and I said before that the tour that I would be surprised if Voss doesn't win a stage, and I still feel that way. I still think that she's she's got opportunities from here. Well, good because I have her picked for a stage in the future. Uh, Lada Kopecki, after a stellar leadout and kind of being the reason that Vandeveld got brought back actually on the line, ended up third on the stage. So continuing to show just like incredible form at this tour. Yeah, and we mentioned it previously, but. There's just something so cool about seeing the the overall leader working for a teammate. You know, the yellow jersey doing a lead out. I don't think that ever gets old. Um, and yeah, props to Kopecky for putting her, her yellow jersey not on the line, but you know, being willing to work for a teammate as she said she would the other day. So that was great. A couple other riders worth mentioning: Kira Consoni after winning the last stage of the Giro, she ended up fourth, which is still a pretty good ride for her. And uh, I just. I'm really excited about her future for you, Matt. I think we should mention Alexandra Manley, who ended up sixth on the day, just ahead of Charlotte Cole. Yeah, that's a great result for her. Um, she's such a talented rider, and I think she probably deserves more than the results she's had in the last couple of years. And I, I hope that she gets some confidence from being right up there today on a tricky finish and can parlay that into some uh, some good results going forward. All right, let's hear from me and Iris on the line. Okay, you just took a bite of your, <laughs> of your <laughs> snack. No, you can finish it. I can talk for a second. So that was a pretty interesting day. We heard from DSM that SC Works wasn't willing to work. We heard from SC Works that um, Phoenix de Kunik was actually interrupting their chase. A lot of different stories going around. You were on the moto. How are you, how are you feeling? <laughs> Tired. <laughs> But um, uh, a little bit heartbroken, actually, for Julie van der Velde. Because I just really hoped she would win. She was so close at the end. 
and I think she did really an amazing ride and I'm sometimes a little bit disappointed that you know I think this was actually okay we know beforehand like really big chance it's gonna be a bunch print but then you know guys at least try it's the fucking Tour de France you know and I think what Julie did today it was just it was just really great like she showed herself she showed how strong she is she took the QOM jersey but she was also really really close to a stage win and I think um, I think she took the she took her moment to shine and like heads off for that I think that's for me that's the highlight of the day and actually I don't really care so much about the win anymore at the end so you're not too fussed about who was chasing and who wasn't chasing well okay I, I'm also a little bit pissed off but I didn't see that up close but I that that I understand DSM is chasing because it is a big chance for them to win to win a stage but on the other hand I also think like we just like present it to SD works like there you go get your stage win mm. thanks for all the work you know don't you think so I mean, after the stage, Megan Jastrap said that DSM was so tired from chasing that they didn't have anyone left for a lead out. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I, because, I'm, of course, like you commit to it, you bring, the, you bring uh, Julie back. That takes a lot of energy. It was really windy out there. It was not an easy day on the bike. So for sure, they put a lot of energy in it. And if you go for it, you go for it. But you also know, I mean, Mixed feelings. I need to say yesterday, I, or I, I don't know when I said it, but I think we did one of these previews with GCN Eurosport and we said, how can you make, uh, how can you win here from SD Works? And you need to be willing to lose. That's mm. one of the things we said. And DSM is willing to use, be, lose because they put all their strength into that chase for Charlotte Cole and she has a good chance for the for the victory. So, I mean, that's also something we have to respect. But then... Yeah, on the other hand, maybe you should also gamble and say, well, SD Works, you have the strongest sprinter here on paper, probably. You have the yellow jersey in your team. So Mm -hmm. it's also a little bit up to you to do a chase. I mean, yeah, now looking back on it and watching how the finale went down, it seems like SD Works just kind of played with everybody. Yeah, and I think... um yeah, I think in some way they did. Yeah, and and I mean, yeah, props to them that they have, they can do that. Yeah, and and everyone buys it in some way. So what did you see today out on the bike that the viewers at home maybe didn't get to see? Um, well, I I saw a lot of suffering in the back of the peloton. Actually, I saw a lot of riders getting dropped, getting back on, getting dropped, getting back on. It was really windy out there. Um, I did not see a lot of um, Marion Roos artwork on the side of the road today, mm. so maybe she's not so popular in this region. So <laughs> that was interesting. Um, and I just saw a lot of uh, nature breaks. Um, I saw a few mechanics, but yeah, that was basically um, the most interesting thing. I, I had some chats with DSs in the car, and um, and yeah, and then I went behind the brake of of Julie, and I think that was my highlight. <laughs> We also saw you. You were chatting with Kasha this morning, and she said it was going to be a boring day. And then she 
she was still out there on the attack. Yeah, and that was also something I was kind of excited about. And, and also, sorry, Abby, that, you know, no, I okay. took the piss off Taylor Swift. Uh, you in, did that just in, for me, didn't you? I, exactly. I thought of you, but I thought I'm not going to mention you because you they will really kill me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think this is, this is something about Kasia, that she's a writer that, like, writes with her heart. And maybe not always does the smartest thing. But again, I think... Kenya Sram, they at least try. I don't see it like animating the race. I think they actually see opportunities. And sometimes it's from the car that they think about it. I think they try to actually put on a national on, on, on in the final. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it's Kasia just, you know, on her own initiative, on like following her instinct and trying, trying something. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say, well, maybe it's dumb. It's not like it, it's not a stage for it. And on the other end, I think. Well, she's the rider that feels it and probably it also keeps her in the race, like it keeps her mindset like mm. on the race. And I think that's also really important. And and just basically, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan, so. <laughs> I mean, I always say like one of these days it's going to work. Yeah, no, definitely. I hope so. It's going to work. And I think uh, Kenya Sram is, is racing pretty good this year, so uh it will work one way or another. I think she will anyway have a really hard time on the Tourmalet to uh, to race for a podium. So why not try it on more unpredictable days, unexpected days? I was surprised not to see Lidl Trek up there doing anymore. They were pretty much absent from the entire stage. They didn't really slot into any moves, like even when cash was going a relative big name you know and they also didn't really get involved in the chase at all and then and then they weren't involved in the sprint yeah well probably they knew they were not getting involved in the sprint so they they've been a bit more uh uh patient uh trying to save energy i was more surprised that there were not other like riders like for example a lucinda brandt uh, trying to go in a break today. Uh, Grace Brown did try. There was one rider I put down. Maybe an, an Audrey Cordon go. You know, there are so many strong riders in that peloton, I think, that could have a good chance on a break today. Um, so that was actually something I was a bit more surprised. You know why? Because ST Works, while they didn't want to chase down Julie, they were happy to chase down anyone from a bigger team. Yeah, well, that's the that's the situation. But I think also I I heard I don't know if, I think it was in your podcast that Ashley Momopasio said like okay whenever I try to go uh, Royster is is on my wheel so that takes all the motivation away. Mm. But I think there are a lot of strong riders in the peloton right now that are already on 10 minutes or more. Um, okay, not Momon, but still. It, it, if you get intimidated already by the fact that Royster is there, uh, again, it's the fucking Tour de France. We're here to win, to you to race to win, right? So give it a try. Especially if you're in a team like today, we see Alpes in Phoenix, um, uh, you know, one of the smaller French teams, uh, Life Plus Wahoo, Arkea, Kofidus. Um, there are so many teams out there that have something to gain by just trying, or at least, I mean, maybe not, they have nothing to lose. Maybe mm. that's a better way to put it. Yeah. And I don't know, I think, yeah, your, to answer your question, Little Track probably just want to save energy today, but um, there's, there, there would still be opportunities, I think, to be 
part of the race and put pressure on SD Works. I wonder if a lot of people saw this as, okay, well, this is a guaranteed sprint stage, so let's save our bullets for maybe tomorrow is 177, 185K if you include the neutral. And so maybe a lot of those riders were thinking, tomorrow I have a better chance, tomorrow is going to be harder. Tomorrow I have a better chance, or tomorrow is going to be really hard. Yeah, so. or, or tomorrow I'm going to get roasted anyway, so why not give it a try today, yeah? If only the whole peloton thought like you. <laughs> yeah, well, today I was thinking, like, if I was in this peloton, I would definitely give it a try. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's easy. I, I'm just sitting there on the motor, so it's just easy to talking to me, uh, for me, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's just a bit of the, I don't know, you're in such a high in the race and, and I was rooting for Julie and yeah. then she just didn't make it and then I was like, come on, yeah, maybe I'm just a bit grumpy. <laughs> you need your snack. <laughs> yeah. I need and I interrupted it. Exactly. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more question. So you mentioned what Ash said in the podcast yesterday. Thanks for listening, by the way, about how she just looks behind and Rooster's sitting right there on her wheel and it's so intimidating. It's it's so cool to me that she has Rooster has that effect after only being in the Peloton for like what two three years. Uh, yes, I mean yeah, I'm also a fan of uh, Rooster, so I. She is a she is an amazing rider. I think she's the ideal teammate to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, coming back to Ashley, she also always gives up really high, gives really high up about her like GC hmm. uh, plans and wanting to like win or podium races like this. So then I also think that you know, don't let yourself be intimidated by SD works. Make your own plan and and try to execute it. Sometimes. I, w- I wish you were still in the peloton. Somebody who's not intimidated by SD works. Well, maybe uh, Ashley Momopasio should talk also a little bit more with Kasia and Imodoma. Yeah, and you know, together. yeah, exactly. That would actually work really well. I feel like the two of them together. They're both super strong. Exactly, and there's a few more of those riders in the peloton. So you know, maybe we should make a group app tonight. Abby. Just make a WhatsApp group. Yeah. How to be. Okay, we're going to make a WhatsApp group, and what are we going to call it? Ale, ale, ale. The, the Great Hope. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the couch surfers, or how do you say that? The, the couch, couch potatoes. Couch, the couch, couch potatoes giving advice. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, who, joking, we're going to add Kasia, and we're going to add Ashley, we're going to add Audrey. Lisa. Lisa. I don't know. She, I, yeah, I she don't gives think it a serious try. She does. She yeah. does. And I think yeah. that if she had the legs, she would have. She would be trying harder. Yeah. But I think that I think that Trek is saving their bullets. All right. Iris, I'll let you get back to your snack. Thank Thanks. you so much for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up this episode and listen to a couple of other audio diaries and talk about tomorrow for a second, because that's a big day. Just worth a mention that the GC barely changed. There was minor shuffles, but nothing that's going to come, nothing that's going to matter once we get to the Tourmalet on stage seven. Lodok Pecky is still in the yellow jersey by 55 seconds, ahead of Liana Lippert, Ashimun Pasio third. Kasha moved into fourth, but mostly because she finished higher in the bunch because she's tied on time with Elisanga Borghini, uh, Anamik Van Vluten, Tamara Dronova. Mm, yep. Matt wrote an awesome piece on Tamara Dronova on the site. Oh, thank you. Escapecollective.com if you want to check it out. Demi Vollering's in eighth and Cecily Utrecht-Ludwig in ninth. And they're all tied on time. So it's it's still, in terms of the 
riders that are coming to p- going to come into play later in the week, it's still wide open. Yeah, and just on Kopecky, he, she actually extended her lead today um, by six seconds, but as a result of finishing third, getting some bonus seconds there, that helped her out. Okay, before we dive into tomorrow's stage and hear a couple more audio diaries from today, let's hear from Jose Bain. She talks a bit about geological history of the River Lot and a church that's near the finish. Fossils are found along the entire Tour de France fan route, but today we find a lot along the lot. Let's do some geology, thanks to Deria Gurer of the GOTDF project. The starting point of this stage lies at 125 metres above sea level in Cahors. It's nestled in a winding meander of the river Lot. There are numerous notable geological sites along the river between Cahors and Rodé. While the riders need to keep their eyes on the road, spectators can enjoy the scenery through the geological lens. From the lowlands of the Aquitaine Basin and on the winding trail along the meandering river, the route leads through some spectacular geological sites cut into stone. And one of these sites is the towpath in Boussier, carved into the craggy cliffs. The cliffs on Boucher, which is about 55 kilometers into the stage, are made of pale limestone. And they were deposited in a marine basin that was once present when dinosaurs and plesiosaurs roamed the lands and the seas in Jurassic times. The configuration of lands and seas looked very different back then. Because during the Jurassic period, the supercontinent of Pangaea began to break apart into smaller landmasses. This included Laurasia, which would eventually become North America, Europe and Asia, and Gondwana, which would eventually become South America, Africa, Antarctica, India and Australia. The region along the Lot River experienced the tectonic forces following the breakup, and this caused intense karstic activity, which formed phosphoriding caves that gave rise to the perfect conditions for a fossil Lagerstätte, or a fossil bed. As a result, thousands of fossils are preserved exceptionally well in these rocks around the river. These rocks and fossils recorded the climatic and environmental conditions for the evolution of life. And they are the European reference section for the Upper Eocene and Oligocene epochs. And that's from 56 to 23 million years ago. And for this reason, the Course de Quercy along the course is now a geopark. In our Finnish town of Rodé, we have a rather impressive cathedral called the Notre-Dame de Rodé. It's a creative name. It took three centuries to build the church uh, that was built over an older one from around the turn of the millennium. The builders started in 1276, but the plague, but also the 100-year war, ravaged the south of France, and big parts of Europe for that matter, because millions of people died. Some estimates even say 30% of the population or more perished. After that terrible period, the building started again at the end of the 15th century. In 1510, so not long after the, reconstruction, uh, after the construction had restarted, there was a huge fire. But even that couldn't stop Bishop François Destin. In 1531, the church was then finally completed. The bell tower is 78 meters high and the biggest bell bears the name Jacqueline. It would be lovely if we had a Jacqueline in the peloton, but sadly, we do not.
Okay, Jess Allen just sent me an audio diary right now as we're recording, so let's hear that from Jess. Hey, mate. Yeah, today was uh, personally the hardest day for me so far, actually. Um, I was a bit of a yo-yo all day, but um, yeah, it was just one of those days. It's like a sprint stage, but also a hard day. Um, but the team did awesome. Alex finished it off with six, which is really good for us. Um, so everyone's really happy with that, really proud of her. And um, also Tanil had a fantastic ride today, supporting her all day. And yeah, everyone did what they could. Um, yeah, we're in a nice town at the moment. Um, I'll tell you the name when I figure that out. But it was a beautiful drive here. Um, morale's good in the team and... Uh, Ready for a really long day tomorrow, actually. Um, so another opportunity, another chance. And I think probably the longest race we've ever done, actually. Well, definitely the longest race I've ever done, and I think for most people. So, um, yeah, just going to fuel up, ready for a big day in the saddle tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, thanks. Tomorrow's stage, Matt, is a doozy. We've talked about this one in the preview, but it's... Oh, man, it's going to be a long day out there for them. 177 kilometers, 185 kilometers if you count the neutral. Really flat pretty much all the way until the midway point, and then it just pitches and rolls all the way until we get to Rodez, the finish. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to add to that besides that I wouldn't want to be out there tomorrow. Um, it'll be interesting to see who goes up the road to try and get QOM points because that's been pretty uh, well contested so far, which has been an interesting battle to watch. Um, there are bonus seconds on the day as well, which is worth noting. Uh, they come about 30 kilometres before the finish, so they might well uh, come into play. And there's a couple of late climbs that, we've talked about this in the preview, but it's kind of, it almost feels like a Van Vluten day if she feels like going for it early like she did at the Giro. You know, late climbs, long day, Everyone's tired after a hard few days of racing. I may or may not have picked her. Oh, wow. May or may not. But it does look like a day for her, and it kicks to the finish. It's like a little bit of an uphill uphill run to the finish. It's it's super technical. In the last, like, 30K, we've got a, three, a Category 3 climb, 6.6 .6 kilometers long. Category 2 with about... 15k to go, 4.7k, and then a category three with 2.3 kilometers to go, and then it doesn't. It goes downhill from there to the finish, but it's it's not like a downhill run to the finish. There's still a kick to get to the line. So on top of the amount of kilometers, they have basically a traditional women's stage done by the time they get to that category three climb that kind of marks the hardest part of the stage. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of riders that are already very tired by this point in the tour, um, and they're going to have a, a tough time out there tomorrow. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be particularly hot tomorrow, which is something, I think around 20 degrees or so. Uh, so that'll that'll certainly help out a bunch of riders, because the idea of riding 185Ks in the heat, yeah, would make it, an, it made a tough day, would make a tough day even harder. It, it's either going to be a really interesting day because there are a lot of opportunities out there on the course or it's going to be a slog i think it could go either way let's hear a couple more audio diaries audrey cordon rego 
the like princess of France, the <laughs> amount of people that I saw trying to get selfies with her, trying to get her to sign things today. She's definitely beloved. Hey, Javi. Sorry, I'm a bit late, but those days are freaking crazy. Um, it's like waking up not so early, actually. We'll, we wake up at nine and yeah, it's kind of, oh, wait, I have my roommate. It's overloading me. Maybe I, I do again my message. Yeah, Audrey again. Maybe a little bit of... Uh, yeah, I'm in the bathroom, actually. That's the only way we, you can get some intimacy during the tour because you're always sharing the room with your teammate and then she's calling a boyfriend and I'm trying to vocal you and then I realize that she's talking over me. So you basically have a conversation plus my vocal, which is probably not ideal. By the way, yeah, I was just telling you about those long days on the tour. Um, yeah, actually, we don't have early um, wake up, which is pretty cool, even if I cannot really sleep uh, so long when I'm not at home, um, which is a bit annoying because we go to bed quite late. Um, yeah, we go, we, 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 most of the time we have a long transfer and then it's 6.37 when we arrive at the hotel and then you have massage and you have to to go for dinner. And then sometimes, because we don't have a chef, then, you know, you depend a lot from uh, how the restaurant from the hotel is fast or not. So it's not always easy. And then you realize it's already almost midnight and you didn't vocal AB when you had to do it. So I'm sorry for that. But yeah, those days are so long in the tour. And at the same time, we only on Tuesday. And I was already thinking that we were on Wednesday and tomorrow was Thursday. So I'm also losing the time, um, like knowing what time we are and what day of the week, which is another problem in the tour as well. I think you know that with Tom, probably not knowing which day he's living. So yeah, that's about... Um, a normal day in the tour and uh yeah nothing about the race you know it was just a sprint um it was just another victory like the 50th 50th victory of sd works today so yeah i hope they celebrated it one last audio diary and then matt is going to force me to talk about the fantasy competition that i am just <laughs> spectacularly losing we are going to close out our segment of the podcast talking about today, talking about tomorrow with an audio diary from Vittorio Guanzini of the FDJ Suez team who had a super emotional day, but had a, had a better day today. So let's hear from her. Hi, Escape and Abby. Well, third stage today. Uh, finally, I could find some normal feelings again after two very hard days on the bike for me. Uh, we knew it could be one of the few chances for the sprinters to get the win. So, yeah, probably the sprinters team wanted to keep the race close. But, yeah, I have to congratulate to the girl who really almost made it to the finish. Uh, it wasn't easy. We weren't going easy in the bunch and she really did a good uh, effort. As for me, as I said, finally, I could find a bit my legs again. Uh, of course, it was not the, the my best day on the bike, but I couldn't, I didn't expect that. I just wanted to uh, feel normal again. And I have to thank the team because they really motivated me after yesterday. 
uh, not to lose my hope. Uh, you know, it can always happen a bad day, but it's important to move on. Yesterday, I tried to recover as much as possible with massage and the food and the yeah to do everything I could in order to get some energy for today and uh, finally I really enjoyed today's stage because uh, yeah I wasn't just struggling at the back uh, of the bunch uh, and tomorrow it will be a very very long stage uh, first part uh, flat and after starts the climb and uh, yeah it, uh, it will be another day to suffer but uh, we as a team uh, look forward to tomorrow's stage uh, because uh, I think it uh, could really suit to Cecily and the other leaders so yeah I'm motivated to do the best for the team as always and yeah it will be important to to feel very good tomorrow because uh, at the end of 180Ks, the legs uh, could really uh, feel a lot of pain. And if you don't have enough energy, it would be hard to get to the finish. All right, Matt. Let's, let's do it. You ready for this? Mm, yeah. So do you know who's winning the Escape Collective uh, team competition? Oh, I don't know. Is it the guy who's picked the winner all three <laughs> stages of the race so far? I, I didn't pick the winner on stage two, but I did pick the two out of three. So I just need to get in this bragging now because it's all going to be downhill from this point. Um, I've, I've, I'm batting above my average at the moment and I'm about to go on a, a steady decline throughout the rest of the race. So got to get in while I can. Um, more importantly, though, we need to give a shout out to our guy, Julius Pepperwood. Mentioned yesterday. Still up there. Still up there. Not only still up there, not only still winning, again picked a winner. Three from three stages. Unreal. How do you do that? That's, uh, that's does great. Does he have a magic eight ball? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, insider. He insider. is an insider. We're yeah. insiders. Yeah. <laughs> and I am spectacularly losing. I mean, I picked cool today, and I thought that that was such a good pick. I just did not expect SC Works to play hardball like that. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you've got Van Vluten tomorrow. Is that right? Well, I don't know, because the people that I tell you are different from the people that I pick. And I feel like if I picked the people I told you that I was going to pick, I actually would be doing quite well. Mm. For example, yesterday, I picked Demi for the stage, but I picked Lisa Longo Borghini in the fantasy comp. I want to keep people on their toes. It's right. not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're trying to throw people off the scent, but in the end, you're, you're only just screwing yourself over. <laughs> that is exactly what's happening. Well, we'll find out who I pick tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a treat. We have many more stages to go of this race. It feels like we've been here for a decade. But we'll, we'll be back tomorrow with stage four, Tour de France Femme of X-Wift. Thank you for listening.